0: Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Amen. Amen. They're gonna be the most encouraged kids we've ever seen. All that, cla- all that clapping you gave for them. <laughs> oh man, how are you guys doing this morning? yeah it's good to see all of you some of you guys uh, I see some new faces and um, it's good to see you and, and meet you hopefully I get a chance to meet you after this and then familiar faces is good to see y'all again honestly Christina and I came in we were greeted with a lot of like warmth and yes yeah, Sabrina um, <laughs> we were greeted with a lot of warmth and um, yeah we love y'all we miss y'all and uh, hope you guys are doing well um, yeah, really quick. I'm just going to pray one more time, and this is for you, so just repeat after me as you close your eyes. Uh, dear Lord, dear Lord would, you would you open my ears and open my heart, open my heart to, hear to hear your voice in Jesus' name? In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Um, I can remember a time uh, where back in 2016, so uh, a few years back, um, I had uh, gone to Bible college, and... Uh, I was getting ready to graduate um, and I was so excited because anybody that's been in school understands that feeling of relief when you are done your assignments, right? You're done your classes and no more papers. You get to, you know, walk across that stage, grab your diploma and, um, and yeah, and, and, and get to leave that behind unless you, you know, go to grad school and whatnot. But um, for me, I was so excited. I was done, uh, grabbed my diploma and I was off and this weight lifted off my shoulders. And I remember speaking to uh, one of the faculty of my school and you know she was encouraging me. She's like, Ricky, congratulations, you worked hard. Um, I wanna tell you about this opportunity that I think would be good for you. Uh, we have a grad assistant opportunity. Um, if you're thinking about grad school, you'd have a chance to uh, help uh, younger uh, freshmen who are coming in get acclimated and we'll pay for your grad school. Anybody like free things? Amen, right? Um, so I was excited about, uh, you know, potentially having grad school for free. And so I'm like, man, you know, I'm so excited. And looking back at my time at uh, Karen University, that was my school that I went to. Uh, I had so many good opportunities. Met uh, two of my best friends who we're still friends today and uh, love them both. And we also got an opportunity to start a Bible study on campus for young men. So we would, you know, dive into the word together, figure out who Jesus was and encourage one another. Because obviously school is hard. You need all the encouragement you could get. Amen. And um, we were so excited. I I was so excited that maybe I had the opportunity and maybe God was orchestrating where I could go back, um, get my education, further my education and continue to build those relationships and so in my mind my my gears were turning I'm like man God I think this is where you have me going I think this is the plan that you have for my life I mean it's free and you know I get to stay connected with some people that I love and care about Um, and then fast forward I had an opportunity to uh, intern at the Philadelphia project here um, at Roxborough Church for that summer but while I was here I was I was awaiting the news of whether or not I would get this grad assistant program so I had applied and I was waiting to hear back. And I can remember where I was. I was actually up there in the balcony. There was uh, a worship service uh, for some of the interns here and uh, probably should have been paying attention to worship, right? This is not an excuse to be on your phone doing worship. But at that particular time, I was so excited. I was like, listen, the news is gonna come in any day now. And so maybe, just maybe, I'll get the news. And I opened my phone and sure enough, uh, that faculty uh, person who offered me uh, that opportunity, she emailed me and i started reading and it was like uh ricky thanks so much for applying to the grad assistant program Um, and then i saw those words that nobody wants to hear um unfortunately and um i can remember uh just kind of like tuning out um, of that moment kind of the worship that was going on here kind of faded and literally it felt like my dreams were shattered because I had uh, thought in my mind, I'm like, man, God, I thought this is what you had for me. God, I thought this was the plan that you had for my life. God, I thought this is what was gonna be the thing that I was gonna be effective in helping to uh, further your kingdom and, and, and still bless other people and still find joy in what I was doing. And for whatever reason, God allowed that to not happen. And uh, the question I wanna ask you, um, can you relate is has that happened to any of you maybe uh, you had uh, something in your heart deep in your heart and um, whatever it was whether it was a job whether it was a relationship whether it was uh, having kids whether it was just maybe something that you had envisioned for your family um, when it didn't work out and maybe further you had pure motives right you're saying hey God i want to serve you god i love you i want other people to know your name and maybe this was the avenue you're thinking hey god i can still enjoy this thing and uh double i can uh still bless other people with this and yet god said hey this this isn't the time or maybe this isn't the opportunity at all and so what happens when things don't work out what is our response uh what do we make of that do we do we uh obviously we we question God, right? We question ourselves, hey God, did I hear right? God, was I just imagining that this was your plan? Or maybe God, was I just concocting this and maybe not consulting you? And uh, we don't always have all the answers for those scenarios, right? Because those scenarios can be different. But I believe God's word uh, this morning has the ability to encourage us to be able to say, God, what do we do when those plans don't work out? God, what do we do when the things that you've put on your heart that we were moving towards in faith don't work? work out and so um i believe that god has some answers for us i can't promise that every scenario will be worked out but one thing i can encourage you is that we can look to the lord we can look to jesus and know that god is leading our lives that god is working things out even when we find ourselves Uh, Amongst dead ends and and roadblocks. And so, would you join me this morning in in reading our passage, Um, or at least uh, following along as I read? Um, This is found in Acts 16, verse 6 through 15. Acts 16, verse 6 through 15. It'll be up on uh, the project, I believe, and I'll give you a second to turn there if you uh, like to use your phone or your Bible. Acts 16, verse 6 to 15. And in tradition, you could say Amen. When we get there, (laughs) hear that, Amy? Thank you. Amen, amen. Acts 16, verse 6 to 15, it says this. um, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. From Troas, we put out to sea and sailed straight to Samatros, And the next day, we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of that district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days verse 13 on the sabbath we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer we sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there and one of those listening was a man was a woman from the city of thyatira named lydia a dealer in purple cloth she was a worshiper of god and the lord opened her heart to respond to paul's message when she and the members of her household were baptized she invited us to her home if you consider me a believer in the Lord," she said, "come and stay at my house." And she persuaded us. So I, I want to focus on that first section. You see, um, for some backdrop, Paul was this traveling preacher, right? He was uh, a Jew at one point, and then Jesus reveals Himself to Paul um, as he's actually going to arrest and possibly kill Christians. And so Jesus shows up and says, "Hey, Paul, um, I'm real." and you actually going to arrest christians and and um and potentially kill them like you are offending me. And although Jesus was offended, Jesus right when he comes in contact with our sin, Jesus doesn't simply say you're discarded. He actually invites paul in so he's not like hey paul you're uh arresting and and aggressive towards my family or my people he says no i want you to understand who i am and so he reveals himself to paul Um, paul has this miraculous experience where he turns and trusts in jesus and then he becomes one of the greatest uh preachers of the hope of jesus that uh we have ever heard of in scripture and probably um in the world and so paul now he's commissioned by jesus to ironically, he, he's against the message at first, but now he's going around telling people the hope of Jesus that God loves you, that even though you sinned against God, that he's willing to forgive you of every sin that you've ever done. I mean, that's a lot of sins, y'all, right? Every sin that you've ever committed, right? That nobody knows about right deep in your heart and the ones you've committed actually, that he's willing to forgive you and that he died on the cross for those sins that we deserve to pay for. He came back to life physically in his body and that he has a plan to bring you into a relationship with him, both here and in the future in heaven. And Paul received this message and now he's sharing this message. And God for a long time, Jesus for a long time had given Paul access into any place that he would go. So he would travel. I mean, if you can imagine in the United States, right? Starting in Florida, going up to Pennsylvania and then completely going West and just telling people, about Jesus, God had given Paul success in this message. So when Paul spoke, man, people were hearing it, and they were like, man, this sounds so good, and they would put their faith in Jesus. And so Paul, I mean, he, he's like jazz, he's like whenever, I mean, how many of you guys, when you get a deal online, right, or you get some sort of like, someone tells you about some sort of like deal or sale, right, you get excited, right, and you want to tell people about it? right black friday that comes around you're like listen i see this 85 inch tv and you need to go to best buy now right like all of you guys have been in whatever you know that sphere is for you you've been there while paul was equally excited he's like listen i gotta tell people about jesus i gotta tell people about jesus this is the greatest news um, that we can you know experience god's relationship and so he keeps telling people about jesus But interestingly, this time around, he's experienced success in these other places, but then he goes west, and he's excited, but something happens that's interesting. God actually keeps him from speaking. Now, the the text doesn't say what happened, right? You can imagine, I mean, these people would sail. To different places right they didn't have uber they didn't have cars they didn't have airplanes right and so they're sailing so it is very possible that the winds were against them they just you know would move off course they couldn't find direction whatever it may be or maybe somehow they were the border patrol whatever was in place at the time would not let them in we don't know but we know that the scripture says that the Holy Spirit stopped them from entering in now that seems strange right have you ever been in a place where you're like man God this seems like the perfect opportunity. Like this job has the ability to pay my bills and to be an effective witness to my coworkers. It makes sense. Why why not? Or God, this neighborhood that I'm moving to, like the school district is great. Taxes might be lower, right? We got a good deal on this house. And God, I'm really excited about getting to know my neighbors. I could spread the message of Jesus to them. Like it's perfect why not and sometimes in the same way that i felt in the story that i shared it seemed like the perfect scenario but sometimes god says no and what is our response when god does that like honestly take some take a moment to survey your heart like how do you respond when that happens do you doubt god like maybe you're like hey god like are you real i've, I've been there or maybe you're saying hey god like did i imagine this or god uh are you sure you, like, actually, are you, are you going to lead me? Because I feel like I must have messed something up here. And interestingly, Paul is smack dab in the will of God, and yet God is still saying no. And God uses ordinary circumstances. Sometimes it's just, hey, that application you put in. It didn't get received. Sometime, maybe, maybe the house just fell through. But we can still, and, and I don't want to rush the sermon, but we can trust that God is still working even when those doors close. And so how does, how does uh, God do this for Paul? So uh, God restrains us sometimes, right? God restrains us from doing what he's called us to do or what we think he's called us to do. But God doesn't always just restrain us. God reassures us. And that happens in different ways i can't promise you it's going to happen immediately right when paul was stopped he was traveling for some time maybe some weeks maybe some months but eventually reassurance comes look at verse uh, 9 six, chapter 16 verse 9 it says during the night paul had a vision of a man of macedonia standing and begging him come over to macedonia and help us and after paul had seen the vision we got ready at once To leave for macedonia concluding that god had called us to preach the gospel to them now let's be real here we see this vision statement right and how many of you guys it'd be great to get a vision (laughs) for your life right it'd be great to get a vision when things don't work out you're like you you know the next day you see a vision of what where you're supposed to go and you're like cool I can turn right now right and to be honest I do believe that God can still give visions today I believe that hey listen if God created the world out of nothing and if Jesus really did resurrect from the grave then a vision is nothing to God right at the same time, I do wanna be fair because I think scripture says over and over that there are, there are various ways that God speaks to us. And I wanna highlight some of these. God speaks primarily, I believe, and I believe scripture would attest to this, his word. So as we're opening the word of God, it doesn't mean that you're asking God, hey, should I move to Ben Salem or should I move to Kanshahak and that God has a verse that's gonna tell you that. I don't necessarily believe that, but what I do believe, God gives us principles in order for us to you know, take these things to him in prayer. For us to get wise counsel from other people to us survey whether you can afford this right like very practical things all of those things and so god gives us his word with these principles god also gives us other people right aren't you glad for the people that you were going to do that dumb idea and they kind of talked you out of it right i have a wife for that amen Um, but we need one another god has given wise people to be able to run things by, right? The Bible says, I believe um, in a multitude of counsel, there is safety. And what does that mean? That means that we should have people around us that are, that are wiser, that have some experience, but are also godly that are gonna lead us and, and say, hey, Ricky, like you're making this decision, but you might be rushing ahead of God in this, right? Or Ricky, hey, this idea is good, but I think you should consider this as well. Or Ricky, your idea is great, but your motivation is off. Right? We need people to check us, and God gives us that. And so while God provided a vision for Paul and friends that were with him, I believe God also speaks in these other ways, so I think we need to take a hold of these opportunities. When you find yourself in a roadblock, when you find yourself uh, wondering what is going on, James 1 also says that um, if any person lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, and God will richly supply that wisdom to you. So we have, to, we have access to God to get wisdom, we have access to good, godly people to ask for advice, and God works in providing that to reassure, the, reassure us. And so what's the takeaway in that, man? Like God actually wants to supply faith and hope when those doors close because God is not done with you yet, right? God is not limited to the fact that that house fell through, um, that uh, you didn't have that baby that you were praying for, that that relationship uh, messed up or uh, that relationship didn't work out. God is still working in your life, and God is saying, Ricky, would you ask me? Ricky, would you get wise counsel? Ricky, would you still have hope that I'm still working in your life, that I have a plan for your life? God provides us reassurance. God provides us encouragement, and I I pray that you hear that, that. Listen, if you're in that state right now, if you're wrestling in your heart right now and saying, God, listen, why? Maybe you're looking back at a past experience, and you're like, God, why didn't that work out? I can't promise you that there's always an answer, but I can promise that God is saying, listen, I I may not give you the answer for that, but I I, I promise you that I'm still leading you. I promise you that I'm still working in your life. I'm still working in your family's life. I'm still working in that uh, relationship with your uh, family that maybe it's strained, or maybe you're like, hey, God, I really want to reach my neighbors, but right now they're just like, we're butting heads. God is still working in there and God wants to use you. And so would you take hope in that? And God not only restrains us, he not only reassures us, God reroutes us. Now, let me, let me explain this rerouting. And in, in this context, right, Paul actually was sent somewhere else, right? He starts out in Asia, he's kind of like in this you know, Midwest section right now, if you wanna use the United States map to kind of trace this along. And it makes sense. Paul's like, hey, I'm here. God, I'm here. This, this logically makes sense. I'm here. Why won't you just open a door? And God says, no, I, I, I have something more for you. Verse 11 um, in this passage, it says, from Troas we put out the sea and we sailed straight for Samatros. On the next day, we went on to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony in the leading city of the district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. Now, this place that Paul ends up at in Philippi was actually smaller than probably some of the other places he visited. And it was, it was uh, probably less influential. There was definitely some prominence in this city, but in a lot of places where Paul went, there were a lot of Jewish people and non-Jewish people. And for Paul, that meant a lot because when he would land in a place, because he was a, a Jew, he would talk to the Jewish people. He would go into the Jewish synagogues. He would present the hope of Jesus to them first, and then he would go and present to other non-Jewish people. Well, in this place, there wasn't a crazy Jewish population. It was a lot smaller, and so interestingly, sometimes God has us at a place that seems less uh, glamorous, if you will, right? We're like, God, this seems like where I'm supposed to be. Can anybody relate? And then God takes you somewhere where you're like, this? <laughs> like, are you sure, God, you're doing something here? Like, and at the same time, We have to guard our hearts to not despise what God is doing in that small place, right? We have to trust that God is still working and he reroutes us because God knows what he's doing. God defines the success in your life, not us, right? God defines how amazing an, uh, uh, an experience could be in terms of building you up and reaching others because God knows what we need and God knows what the other, other people need that God is going to use us to affect. But let me ask this question, why does God reroute us sometimes? Whether that rerouting is God actually sending you in a different direction, or it means God having you stay, right? Because rerouting is not simply uh, going somewhere, but God also sometimes is rerouting, meaning he's rerouting where you thought you should go. Does that make sense? Sometimes rerouting is God saying, hey, I need you to stay put because I'm doing something here and you might not see it, but God is actually working in your life But why does God reroute us sometimes? I think uh, in this scenario, we don't know. I can speculate and I'll I'll give you a, a thought that I had. God actually had a plan to reach people in Asia, but Paul wasn't the person for it. God actually had a plan to reach people where Paul thought he was supposed to reach. And God said, hey, Paul, I have other players on the team and they're gonna do that work, but I need you here. Does that make sense? Like in basketball, every player has their assigned position, right? And their assignment, right? And so the point guard's responsible for taking the ball up court and oftentimes being the one who distributes it, depending on his type of playing style and how that relationship with the coach. But he can't be the center, right? Like he cannot be all these other positions. And so for Paul, in order for him to be successful, he had to be where God was sending him. And I want to encourage you that God has an assignment for each and every one of you that oftentimes when God closes a door here, it's not because he's uh, abandoning the people you have a desire to reach or abandoning uh, the joy that you want to experience here. It's because God has joy for you elsewhere, and God has a plan to reach those people with someone else, but he has a plan for you to reach other people where he's sending you. Amen? Yeah, yeah, amen. But let me, let me tell you another reason, and this, I hope this encourages someone. Why does God reroute us? And I've experienced this, maybe you have. Uh, Turn with me to Exodus 13, verse 17 to 18. Um, I believe this won't be on the screen, but if you would want to turn there in your phones or your Bibles, uh, you can do that now. I'll give you a second to get there. But I think God provides a reasoning, at least partially, why he tends to reroute us. And I think we can find the principle here in the scripture. Uh, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17 to 18. And while you're turning there uh the people of israel as many of you guys know if you've heard the story of israel and slavery in egypt and moses uh moses was sent by god to take the people out of egypt by telling pharaoh let my people go god displays powerful signs and wonders eventually uh pharaoh says hey moses leave you know i mean you got to get out and so now they're wandering in the wilderness so exodus 13 verse 17 to 18 17 Verse 17 says this, it says, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country, though that was shorter. Keep a note of that, though that was shorter. For God said, if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road towards the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. I want to focus on that part where it says though that was shorter god didn't lead them this way though it was shorter right I think there's a statement that goes um, I'm gonna butcher this I'm I'm sure Um, the shortest distance between two points is a straight line did I get that I'm proud of myself come on clap it up (laughs) Um, my mind still works amen Um, but uh yeah so and a lot of us, that's true. We would like for Paul in Asia, it made sense. He's like, I'm already here, God, open the door. Like why, why take me the long route to do what I already, what, what would already be effective? Like, God, you're powerful. You can you know, still reach these people, we're here. And for a lot of us, I think sometimes we're saying the same thing. God, I'm here, this makes sense. This is convenient. This is right here, right now. God, why won't you open this door? But notice what God says about this. If God had taken the Israelites and he had taken them through the shortest distance, what would have happened? They would have gone back to Egypt. Why? Because they would have been discouraged. And so I think sometimes we got to be careful. Listen, God created the world without your help let that let that sink in for a sec before before you were here i know we have degrees i know we have smart minds you guys are probably brilliant right like but god created the world without our help and god knows the end from the beginning and so when we say that god knows what would happen in every situation god is aware of what would happen if you had gotten that house or if you would have gotten that job, or if you would have, uh, if I would have gotten that grad assistant program. And guess what? It might have been good. I'm not saying it would have been sinful. I'm not saying it would have crashed and burned. It might have been good. But guess what? That's not where God had me. And there's a lot of times I think we're going after things. And in this passage, it could have been that you would have been discouraged. That that house that you would have uh, bought thinking that, hey, this is where I'm supposed to be and I'm supposed to reach my neighbors here or this job I was supposed to get and I'm supposed to, you know, be effective there and reach them. That there would have been a a level of discouragement that would have caused you to walk away from God or to walked away or doubted God's uh, power and provision for you when God has something else better for you when God has a place for you to be more effective. And so sometimes God reroutes us because he knows our discouragement, guys. Isn't that a blessing? Like God is actually looking out for your benefit. And parents, you understand this probably more than anybody. You're looking out for your kids and they're not seeing the ways that you're like, uh, like trying to help them in their life, right? That you're like, hey, I see this. We might be a, a, you know, a few generations removed, but I know what happens when we make these choices. I know what happens when we go this direction. And they're like, hey, listen, I know. But sometimes we're, we're like the kids, right? We, we, we see God and we're like, God, yeah, but it just makes perfect sense to me, right? Like this makes sense to me, but God knows us, y'all. And I think sometimes we need help and we can ask God, God, listen, would you help me to trust you? I know I'm struggling in this moment to trust that you have uh, what's best for me and that's my prayer for myself that's my prayer for you this morning um is that you would rest in god's his all-knowing ability and that you would trust that he actually is rerouting you for your good that god has uh, a place for you where you will experience his presence his joy that he will experience the people that he has meant for you to minister to and bless and that, and that we would be open with open hands and saying god look i know that this is what i wanted God, I know this is what seemed good to me, but God, you, you know best, and I know that you have always been faithful. You have always been faithful. And so God not only restrains us, um, God not only reassures us, he doesn't just reroute us, but God's ultimate goal, at least part of the goal, is that God desires to reach um, people through you. I know we come with a lot of baggage. Um, when I survey my life and I think about where I've come from, what uh, things that I've struggled with and all of that, I, I, I sometimes question, hey God, do you still like wanna use me? Anybody else ever felt that way? Like you're so aware, whether you look at your parenting, you look at your marriage, you look at uh, the frustrations at your job and sometimes you're like, God, are you still wanting to use me? <laughs> God, I feel like I've been uh, I feel like I've been empty and I, I don't know, God, if you're still working in my life, if you still wanna use me well. Paul, I'm sure, felt that way as he's traveling and he's, he's actually making an effort to do it. So he, the, the passage in the beginning said that he would go from one place and it, the, the text actually means that he kept trying, right? So sometimes we're persistent. We're, it's not sin, we're, you know, we're, we're doing something that we think that God is calling us to do and we're trying, but it's not working. And Paul might have been tempted, I know all of us probably are tempted to say, hey, should we like just give up? Like, should I even continue to seek God? Should I continue to ask God to use me? But Paul encourages us to say, hey, listen, we may not have all the answers. We can continue to reach out to God, say, God, give me wisdom, but also trust that God has another, another door. God has an open door for you in some way or another. So Acts 16, verse 13 to 15, I'm ending soon. It says um, in verse 13, on the Sabbath, he went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. We sat down and began to speak to the women who had gathered there. And one of those listening was a woman from the city of Thyatira named Lydia, a dealer in purple cloth. She was a worshiper of God and the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message, beautiful. When she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home If you consider me a believer in the Lord, she said, come and stay at my house, and she persuaded us. I I told you about um, Philippi, the place that Paul landed. It wasn't super influential. It wasn't as big a place as some of the previous places he went to. Notice what it says. So he's there, and I know we like to imagine that Paul got all the, the steps. Once he landed, God was like, go here, go there. The text doesn't actually say that. So Paul is going. He lands at this place. And he's doing what he normally does. On the Sabbath for Paul, he would go, he would pray. And like I said, he would try to find a synagogue so he can you know, teach about Jesus. And he goes, he, he surveys the place and it seems that there's no synagogue in place. So Paul goes to the next logical place, which is water, because um, if there was any church that was gathering, um, they would have been by water because there were these purification Rituals that would happen so they're like hey there's no synagogue okay they're probably gathering by the water because they need that to you know wash their hands and 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 um, participate in baptism and all of that stuff so he goes there and interestingly um he doesn't find a synagogue he finds a group of women so interesting he gets this vision of a macedonian man saying come and help us and when he gets to the water he finds a group of women interesting and the, the point I want to make with that, sometimes when God sends you to a different place, it's not what you expected, right? Like, God using you, sometimes it's that annoying coworker that you're like, is this an opportunity? They're just annoying, right? Like, um, or God has you at a place where you're like, like, this is the neighborhood, God, that you're sending me, or God, this is the place that you, this is the person you want me to be friends with? Like all of those scenarios. And sometimes we go in with expectations, hoping that it looks a certain way. And Paul gets there, but Paul doesn't shy away from the opportunity. He begins speaking to them. And back then for a teacher, if they were to speak to women, honestly, this was uh, some things in, in ancient texts with uh, some Jewish rabbis. They, uh, it was considered um, embarrassing to teach the word to a group of women. But Paul is not uh, subjecting himself to culture. He's not subjecting himself to the thought of that day. He's like, listen, this is an opportunity. This is where God has me. And so he sees this group of these faithful women. They had, um, it seems like they have heard about God in some way, but just haven't heard of Jesus yet. And Paul is saying, listen, I'm I'm gonna take advantage of this opportunity and for some of you, God has you in a place where the opportunity that's right in front of you, that's where God has you. And rather than say, God, this doesn't look the way that I want it to, God, this doesn't seem like it's going to be effective, God's saying, no, like, take advantage of this opportunity right here. Be faithful here. And amazingly, God provides the success. So this woman, she's uh, pretty wealthy, she has some money. Um, and uh, she had heard about God, and, and I, I point out that she had money because, listen, God is in the business of saving all kinds of people, amen? Like, whether you have a lot of money in the bank or not a lot, whether you're one race or another, God is bringing multiple kinds of people into his family. So this woman, she's wealthy, and yet she's listening intently. But it's not only listening that allows us to really receive the truths of scripture because sometimes and and i'll be honest i was here i would come to church so often and i would listen but it wasn't registering in my heart and that's why i asked you to pray that this morning that you would not only hear god but you would you would open your heart that god would, would would supernaturally help you to grab what he's speaking to you this morning and so God does this miraculous work. He helps Lydia. He kind of aids her. He's like, Lydia, I know you're listening, but I'm going I'm to help you really comprehend that, right? Have you ever been in church maybe or, or you just hear something and it just hits your heart, right? Like, it's almost like, does he know my life, right? Like, um, and God has the ability to do that. And guess what, guys um, and girls? God wants you. God has the ability to use you to do that for other people. That as you're being faithful to Jesus, as you're being obedient to him, as you're saying, God, make me available for whatever it is, whether that's praying for somebody or maybe actually sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus with them, that you would be praying for them. God, I'm gonna pray for my neighbor. Would you help them to somehow this, that this would stick, that they would see that I'm not just doing this to be religious, I'm doing this so that they would see the love of Jesus. God, that when I give this money to this homeless person and I pray for them, that God, they would actually feel and sense the love of God that our actions and our doings that we're doing for the Lord, that God would make them not only be actions on the surface, but actually stick in the heart. And so God is doing that, and I imagine Paul's praying as he's preaching. I don't know how you you do that, but um, I I can't do that. I'm terrible at multitasking, but I'm sure Paul was better than me, and he was probably doing that. And so um, amazingly, God opens her heart to respond. And so imagine if Paul, y'all, imagine if we, putting yourself in that story, imagine if you would have discounted the opportunity that God was sending you um, to or the opportunity that is in front of you. Paul probably had no idea that this was going to happen, right? He was, if Paul had been so fixated on Asia, Paul would have probably missed the opportunity of what God was, was doing in this situation. He'd have been like, hey, I guess I got to speak, so you know, or I guess I just got to be here, right? But, but no, what if God was actually having you at your job or maybe God is sending you somewhere and you're nervous about that? Like, what if God actually has a blessing for you there? What if God actually is gonna boost your faith? What if God is actually gonna use you to be a blessing to the people that you're gonna meet and see, but we're discounting it because we were hopeful of this other area or this other opportunity? I want to encourage you to not take that for granted, that you would say, God, listen, I'm, I'm struggling. God, I mean, we all struggle to see those opportunities and to see that it's, it's God leading us there. But would you have an open heart and open hand to say, God, listen, if this is where you have me, I'm going to be faithful. God, if this person is who you want me to befriend and love on, God, I'm going to be faithful there because I know that you're the one that provides success, not by my standards. And um, the last thing I kind of want to end on is that God is the one in this, in this story, God is the one who provides um, the success, right? So we provide our obedience, and God produces effectiveness. We provide our obedience, God provides our effectiveness. Sometimes we don't know what God is doing, right? But if we're willing to say, God, listen, I don't understand what you're doing, but I trust you, I'm going to walk and take steps of faith, God will allow you eventually in time to be effective. I believe it's in Galatians that says um, that if we continue to sow and reap, it uses his agricultural analogy of like planting seeds, planting seeds and, and, and farmers, I don't know if there's any farmers here, and so forgive me if I don't get the logic of all of this right, but the idea of planting seeds, continuing to plant seeds, and you don't necessarily see things sprouting yet, but if you continue to be faithful, watering, nurturing, all of that stuff, you will see Plants rise. You will see fruitfulness. Well, God says the same thing about our obedience and our, effective and our um, open-handedness to God, that if we would say, God, I'm going to be obedient, I'm going to be faithful, God will actually produce our effectiveness. I'm going to end on this verse, um, and I hope this encourages you in your own life. It says in Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. That word, handiwork, it, it actually uh, is a word that um, I think in Greek says poema. It's this idea of, of a, a poem, right? When you hear a great poem that's rich, full of beauty, and, and you're like, man, someone crafted that, right? Like God has crafted you, that you're actually his poem, and that God has a plan and purpose for you to grow and be fruitful. And it says the good works that you're like, man, God, Will I be effective here if I go this route? God has actually prepared, if you have put your faith in Jesus, God has actually prepared works for you to do in advance, which is why when Paul got there, Lydia was open. We didn't know what God was doing in Lydia's life, but God was preparing her, and then Paul, God sent Paul to her, and those two just connected. Those two opportunities connected. And so my prayer for you, would you with open hands of faith, you can close your eyes um, at this moment and that you would just uh, center your heart on God, but this is my prayer for you, that you would see what God is doing in your life. I know maybe some of you have had closed doors in the past and you're, it still jostles your heart a little bit when you're thinking about, God, what do I, how do I make sense of that? Or maybe you're in a situation now where God is calling you to move but you're stuck on an on a opportunity that maybe you lost. Or maybe God, God is calling you to stay put and he's saying, hey, listen, I, you could move, you could go somewhere else, and, but I have you right here because it's gonna bless you, it's gonna bless your family, I'm gonna use you, and we're wrestling with that. My prayer is that you would trust God's leadership in your life, that you would trust that God is faithful, you would trust that you are his poem, that God has good works for you to produce, that God has your joy in mind and that God also has the joys of others who will see the love of God through your words and deeds, that they may come to know Jesus because of you. Would you, would you be optimistic about that? Would you be excited about that opportunity that at your job, in your neighborhood, in your family, that God actually wants to use you to reach them for Jesus? Just as Crawford said, listen, we're... We're sent by God to reach other people for Jesus. And God has prepared you. So be open to what God is doing in your life. Take those steps of obedience, knowing that God will make you effective. Um, Father God, I just pray over, Father, your people. And God, if, if someone's here that maybe doesn't know you, God, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them just like you did to Lydia, that they would see, God, that all the ways that they've gone after uh, their own desires, God, Lord, ha- has always, most of the times, produced closed doors. And, and Father, you are the one true God. You are the one who can satisfy us more than anyone else. And so that they would see that and trust in you, trust in your forgiveness, your salvation, your love for them, and that you'd invite them in. Holy Spirit, do that work now. And for those of us, God, that we're, we're struggling maybe to, to have our hands open and to trust your leading, God, that you would help us, God, to trust you, that we would be faithful, that we would be obedient, knowing that you're you're a good shepherd, you're a good leader, and that you would provide, God, the effectiveness that we desire to see, Lord. Encourage us, Lord, build our faith, build our love for you, build our love for others, God, and, and use us for your name's sake. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at RoxboroughChurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.